when a large crowd gathered with people from one town after another, Jesus, or journeying to Jesus, he spoke in a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path and was trampled, and the birds of the sky ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky ground, and when it grew, it withered for lack of moisture. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some seed fell on good soil, and when it grew, it produced fruit a hundredfold. After saying this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear ought to hear. Then his disciples asked him, what the meaning of this parable might be. And he answered, Knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God has been granted to you, but to the rest they are made known through parables, so that they may look but not see, and hear but not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those on the path are the ones who've heard. But the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, that they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, but they have no root. They believe only for a time and fall away in time of temptation. As for the seed that fell among thorns, they are the ones who've heard, but as they go along, they are choked by the anxieties, riches, and pleasures of life, and they fail to produce mature fruit. But for, as for the seed that fell on rich soil, they are the ones who, when they have heard the word, embrace it with a generous and good heart, and bear fruit through perseverance. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Praise God. Had a great night in a place last night I'm always. I always get, uh, the Lord just tunes me in when I praise Him like that. And so, you know, um, just a few thoughts here on these scriptures. Um, you know, we are, we are made to praise God. We are made to worship Him. But this scripture applies to you maybe more than you realize. The, the, the seed is the word, as it says, the seed. That seed in us that God wants to sing through my lips. He wants to um, lift his hands through my hands. He wants to talk to the Father through me. Jesus wants to live in me. He wants to praise his Father through me. He wants to sing through me. He wants to celebrate through me. He wants to dance through me. God, the Lord, wants me to have freedom. Freedom to love and worship and adore. To not be thinking of well, what if, or what if I do this, what if I... We, we, we are sometimes over-cautioned. We are over-cautious of, of living the gospel. You know, to live the joy of the gospel, you can't predict the future. You can't live like, well, if I do this, this is going to happen. We have to play out all these scenarios. See, that's not even of the Lord. So you see, right off the bat, because of the culture and the world we grow up in, you know, you, you plan everything, you get everything. We're always making sure we check all of our angles. But again, there's, there's a place for planning, but not to the point where I'm robbing the Lord from the, 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 the surprises he wants to give me each day. You know, just living out of that surprise, living out of that grace. And I want you to think of 
This is the basic gospel message, and this is kind of what we're bringing to the parish here. Um, we are, um, we are, there, there's, there's the basic gospel message, it's called the charisma. It's me, it means the original announcement of the gospel. This is often the part of uh, the scriptures that are um, non-Catholic brothers and sisters will emphasize and focus that this is how they um, they drive um, their churches this way all the time. Where in the Catholic Church we kind of assume that's already happened a lot of times and then we do a lot of deeper reflection and deeper catechesis and deeper interior uh, things of the interior life. Those are important, but those are those things come after you've heard the gospel and you've received the gospel and you've given your life over to the gospel, to Jesus himself. So like, we skip a lot of times the evangelization part and we jump over to the catechesis part. And so I want you to just, I want you guys to hear this because you need to not only hear it, I need to hear it, we need to hear it, but we also need to be able to think about this is how you bring someone to Christ. You know, bring someone to Jesus. What do you do? How do you do that? Well, it happens like this. Number one, there's, there's a couple parts. It's number one, God is love. And you need to experience that love. And this is why I do a place. This is why we have a church. This is the whole point of, of confession. This is the whole point of mass. But mass and even confession are for those who've already made a commitment, made a decision, those who've already been evangelized and have given themselves to the life of Jesus, to being his hands, his feet, his eyes, his ears, living as a disciple, persevering as a disciple even, right? So we have a lot of people coming to Mass or even going to confession that really haven't yet been evangelized. They haven't read yet, they don't even know what discipleship is. For many people today, discipleship is coming to Mass on Sunday, that's it. That's not a disciple. You're not a disciple if you're just coming to Mass on Sunday just to come to Mass because you're supposed to come to Mass. That's not a living relationship where you just, for an hour a week, you come in, you think about God, and then the rest of the week, God's not even on your radar screen until Sunday comes up again. That's not a disciple, okay? Okay, it's great you're coming, but that's not what God wants. He has so much more for us, okay? So God is love. That's the first thing we need to experience. Now, we hear that all the time, God is love, love is God. But, but what you have to do, in, at least what I've done in my life is, how do you enter into this love of God? How do you let it happen to you? Because this is what Jesus, you know, it's like, think of what we always say, the words falling in love. We have to fall in love with the Lord. God's fallen in love with you already, but have I let myself fall in love with him? And that, for some people, can be very uncomfortable because it, it's a very profoundly deep, intimate experience of God. And God wants us to let ourselves fall in love with Him. So God is love. So how do you enter into this love? This is how I've experienced this at a deeper level. I've journaled into my desires. Catechism, the catechism of the Catholic Church is prayer. The beginning of prayer is desire. You have to go into your desire. In my experience, and for you I'm sure as well, the best way to tap your desire or start to 
become aware of your desire is to experience it, to allow yourself to desire. What do you desire? You know, when you see someone that say you're 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 say you're attracted to somebody, you're drawn to somebody, you're 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 you know, think about when you met your spouse, think about you know when you 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 were in a time of dating and a time of like looking and searching and wanting to find that person. See, we often can divorce all of that from our relationship with God. You can't do that. <laughs> your desires are that it, you're not looking for him or her. You're looking for Jesus. You're looking for the Father. You're looking for the Spirit. We're looking for God. We, we are searching for him. We want him. You know, the, John Paul II wrote the, the theology of the body. You know, that is, God is revealed to us even through the human body in our attraction to each other as male and female. God's in that very desire. I, and I remember he was speaking about um, kiss. Think of, think of when you kiss someone. What are you doing when you kiss someone? You want to taste them. That's not like a, 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 a twisted understanding. Like people want to experience another person. We, what do we do at Mass? We, we taste Jesus. We literally take him into our bodies. You can't get any more intimate. God is coming into our bodies. It's experiencing him. See, we've divorced all of these ideas from, from church. You know, why do, why do college students, you know, fraternities, you know, a lot of them, their goal is what? To drink on the weekends, to get drunk. And to look for some girl or some guy. They're hungry for what? What is getting drunk? What's the, what's the flip side of getting drunk? The mass, I want to drink. I want to eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus. This is what people are looking for. They're looking for intimacy. They're looking for uh, experience of God and his love for us. So journal into your desires. Identify where you most experience the awakening of desire. See, when you lose desire, your prayer life will not be very fruitful or very exciting. When we repress our desires, when we are afraid of our desires, I'm not saying we indulge in a worldly sense of desire, but the same desire that leads me into sin is the same desire that leads me to God. The only difference is, when I'm in sin, I'm letting the world, the flesh, and the devil inform me, and my mind is directing my desires in a worldly, fleshly way. Or, I'm letting God have my desires, and letting my mind, through the light of God and faith, inform my desires with what? Truth. The truth sets me free to enflesh. Notice this word, flesh. There's, there's the flesh of the world, the world of the flesh, but I'm talking about the word became flesh. Jesus entered into my body, lives through my body, speaks through my body, watches and listens and sees his father and the beauty and goodness of creation through my body. This is, this is what mysticism is. We talk about, we're all called to be mystics. That means we're called to literally 
I remember when I had my a deeper conversion and heard my call to the priesthood, God actually said to me, look at your hands, Michael. And I looked at my hands, and for the first time in my life, I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, you made these hands. You, these are your flesh. You, you made these hands. How, how were you created in your mother's womb? Knitted, you were knitted together by the word and the spirit. The father spoke, and you came to be. And, and God knit you together in your mother's womb. Think of how profound that is, how, how intimate, how God is so, guess what? God, God gave you your desire. He put desire in us. That means that my desire is ultimately for him. So when you're feeling your desire, do you realize that that's Jesus in you longing for the Father? Do you realize when that guy sees that girl or that girl sees that guy or, or this person's longing for uh, a drink or let's say somebody's um, cheating in their marriage, do you realize that she or he is looking for God? They're looking for God and there's something about this person they're looking after, seeking after this Revealing something, something about God to them, but instead of letting that person reveal God to them, they're going after the person. The person is not an end. The person will lead you to the ultimate end, namely God Himself. See, sin is the worship of creation. Rather than letting creation lead me to God, I make creation an end. And this is what sin is. Sin is my blindness to see God revealing himself to me in the sunset. That's why people worship creation. You know, people, I watched YouTubes of people actually praying to trees, talking to trees. I mean, seriously, like, I saw a YouTube, and I understand we don't, you know, like, want to be disrespectful to creation in any way. Don't get me wrong. But I saw people actually crying and welling in this forest. Because somebody was taking trees down. I mean, like, oh, trees, you are being hurt so bad. And, oh, my trees. And talking to trees as if they're like persons. I mean, I understand that we can't make fun of the person, meaning that the heart of that person is they're seeing God's reflection in the trees and the beauty of creation, and they, they don't like the destruction of the created beauty of God. I understand. But do you see how they're, they're not seeing the trees as a, as a revelation of God. So think about these things. God is love. Sin destroys our relationship with God and others. Number two. And three, the remedy has come. Jesus is the remedy. And number four, you have to make a decision. Everyone makes a decision to let Jesus be Lord and Savior or not. God is love. How do you connect with love? Journal into your desires. Listen to your desires. Experience your desires. And what you're going to find is what you desire and what your mind tells you about Him are often always, not always harmonious. Sometimes my desire is not the God that my mind is telling me. What I desire and what my mind is telling me about God don't always line up. There's a problem there, right? The problem is 
I have to continue to be a slave to what my mind is telling me about God, which I've collected from this world, or I listen to my desire, which can be very frightening, because that means I have to let go of ideas about God that are wrong, that I might have grew up with my whole life, that sister whacked my fingers with in the classroom, that idea of God. That God's out to get you. That God's punishing you because of your past. That is not the Lord. But maybe we carry that in our minds and our desires. Really want a God who celebrates us and loves us as little kids. And we, the scripture says our, our God dances over us. We're the apple of his eye. We're his desire. Why would he have come into this world if we weren't his desire? He didn't have to do anything, but he did because he desires you. He desires you. Okay? So don't be afraid to. I remember my, some of my biggest breakthroughs when I was at the Intercessors of the Land. We really learned so much about prayer and journaling. It was amazing. One of the things I learned is brutal honesty. Go to your journal and just be raw. Lord, here's my desires. This is what I want. This is what I long for. And let it happen to you. And then you got to say, okay, it's what my mind's telling me about God and what my heart wants. Or, or, or is there any harmony, harmony there? Or is there division there? Do you see why people don't want to come to church? Because they're living out of an idea of God that's wrong. But then their desires for a God aren't being received. And so what do they do? They, we go out into the world and we, we, we seek food, we seek drink, we buy this, we buy that. We look for relationships or we're, we think we can't be happy unless we have this person or have that person. And it, it's totally, our hearts want him. And we, we need to put off the old self and let the new happen to us. Okay? So God is love. Sin destroys our relationship with God. And by the way, sin is not an action first. Sin is an agreement with, with the enemy about who God is. And you might not even know you're agreeing with Satan about who the Father in heaven is. And you wonder why there's this division between what you desire and what you're thinking about God. Because the serpent has fed you lies. He's fed us lies. So God is love. Sin destroys our relationship with God and each other because it's a lie about love. It's a lie about Him. And therefore, we live out of that lie and treat others with that lie. And the third one is the Word has become flesh. Jesus came to correct our vision of the Father. He's come to correct your vision. Jesus is, I would say, the divine optometrist, right? He, he corrects your vision of the Father. And then your heart's desire and what Jesus tells you in your mind line up. And when the mind and the heart line up, there's an enfleshing of God. And guess what the greatest fruit? That one thing the devil can't ever imitate is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you have joy, it's an infallible sign of the Holy Spirit. And God is alive in you. The joy. The joy of God. What keeps you from celebrating today? Just because everyone else isn't celebrating doesn't mean you can't celebrate today. Never let other people keep you from celebrating. Because God is a God that wants to celebrate every day. He's risen from the dead. Something to celebrate about. 
Okay? So just agree that God is love. Sin destroys our relationship with God. Sin is not first in action. It's a belief about the Father that Satan has fed us, which overflows into our human relationships. Number three, Jesus came into the world to correct our vision of the Father. And number four, you got to make a decision to let Jesus be who Jesus came to be for you. And you can't do it yourself. you got to let him do it. Because he's the only one that knows the Father like he knows the Father. And unless we let him share that idea of the Father with us, we can't be saved. Why can't you be saved? Because you've got to know the Father to be saved. Because only the Father can bring you from earth to heaven. Salvation is knowing the Father. It's knowing Abba's love for me, personally, deeply, and intimately. So as we continue Mass, think of the seed as it's sown. Are you going to let yourself be the rich soil? Or are you going to let yourself, again, be the seed sown on the rocky soil of the path? Or are you going to let the devil choke you in what God's doing right now in your soul? Again, that's, that, this whole scripture is about spiritual warfare. Okay? Because you're going to run into people all day that don't want to celebrate the presence of God. And we have a choice to make. We can let them bring us down or we can bring them up. Jesus did not let anyone bring him down. He brought everyone. He came from heaven to earth so that he can bring us from earth to heaven. We are called to do the same. Discipleship is taking people in whatever situation or circumstance and bringing them from earth to heaven. Earth to heaven, an earthly understanding to a heavenly understanding. How does God see my headache? How does God see my struggle with my spouse? How does God see my challenges? Or am I just going to again live out of the same old, same old, old wineskin, status quo? You know, this is continue our religiosity and not really enter into the new life, the new wine, the Holy Spirit that God wants for us. So I will walk. In the presence of the Lord, in the light of the living, I will walk in the presence of the Lord. Not I might, I will walk in the presence of the Lord, in the light of the living. So put on the armor of God, guys, because we're going out after Mass, and God is inviting you to stay strong and firm, and be confident, because you've got the Lord. You won't be here if you have the Lord. You got the Lord. God confidence. Mm -hmm.